Hey everybody, this is Nolan Sam with Infinite Banking Radio, and I got another awesome guest coming back on. What we're going to start doing uh, over the next couple of weeks, actually, is uh, kind of just going through some case studies of uh, some of the the bigger net worth, higher, uh, bigger business owners and clients that some of the guys with Now and Then Associates have. And so I got a guy in my office right now. Again, his name is Brad Lowe, and uh, he's actually been on the podcast already. Uh, I think it was episode three or four. And so um, what he's going to talk about today is just some strategies on on how some of these other business owners and higher net worth clients are using life insurance as simply a pass-through to pay taxes, to start businesses, uh, and to even enhance what they're already doing. So um, I want to introduce Brad Lowe again, just introducing him and and uh, some of the things that he does. Brad, thanks for coming in. Yeah, Nolan, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, this is a pretty hot topic um, as of recent, what, what, um, what our business want, owners want to hear about, because you know, like you know, Nolan, what we hear a lot from our business owners is, is the frustration of uh, the difference or the disparity between the amount of money that flows in to their business into their hands versus the amount of money that stays in their hands. Right. So, um, you know, they may they may collect five million in revenue, but maybe only ten percent of that stays home for for the guy that's next on the line who's taking all the risk. Right. And so, as we look at that, you know, what we see, and I'm going to kind of talk. Um, I'm not going to use a name, and I'm going to change the numbers just a touch so that uh, we don't reveal anybody's identity. But a client of mine, uh, we were having this conversation, and uh, like most business owners, one of his largest line items a year that uh, he had frustration over was the tax bill, right? So um, that tax revenue for him, I mean, let's let's say his revenue uh, as a company was around $5 million total. Well, the, the tax check he was having to write every year was in the neighborhood of about two hundred dollars to 250000 a year of tax revenue. And the only value he got for that two hundred thousand dollar check, say over ten million, over ten years, uh, you know, that's two million dollars. The, the the value he got for that two million dollars was not getting taken to jail for not paying his taxes. <laughs> so, then uh, uh, there's value in that, right? But we'd like to create some more value. I mean, two million dollars is a large sum of money spread out over ten years um, that's just flowing away, uh, going to somebody else. So, I know your your listeners have heard uh, lots of episodes on. Uh, how we here, you and I together, and um, individually for our clients, especially in the real estate world, use a concept called infinite banking, where we structure whole life insurance policies heavy on cash uh, and leverage the life insurance company's money against our policies to go do deals, which enhances our return on real estate and uh, creates more cash flow to do more deals with. And so in that same vein, uh, for business owners, uh, in addition to the infinite banking concept, we structure whole life contracts the same way to try to pick up revenue or enhanced value for cash flows that are already happening and flowing away from them. So this one particular client, the example uh, of what we did for him was, uh, so let's say his tax revenue was 200000 uh, round number. Uh, instead of that tax check leaving his business account going straight to Uncle Sam, we just added one step in the process. So cre- we create a whole life contract that'll accept that much money, buy the smallest amount of death benefit we can for that money, so we have the heaviest amount of cash available. That tax check hits the whole life contract. We immediately borrow against it from uh, the life insurance company, and then send Uncle Sam his check uh, for two hundred thousand. Well, if you think about that in year one, I mean that's still two hundred thousand, not insignificant amount of money, but let's fast forward 10 years and, and talk about the value uh, that this business owner gets. Well, on day one, what he gets is for that, that $200,000 that hits the whole life policy is an enhanced legacy 
of eight figures, you know, $10 million plus he gets uh, for depositing that $2 million in there. Even though we're minimizing the death benefit, it still is going to be a large number because that's a large amount of dollars going into the contract, right? Uh, and so the IRS kind of sets the rules on uh, how much death benefit we have to buy per uh, per dollar that goes into the contract. And so if he dies after that first tax check, uh, his family basically gets 2x the value of, the, of, of his business in their hand immediately. Uh, and he just added one step in the process and sent his tax check to the whole life policy before it went to Uncle Sam. Well, but nobody wants to think about that. Let's assume that he lives a long, healthy life. Uh, this particular business owner had expressed that he wanted to sell his business seven to 10 years down the road. So that was going to be our windfall that we were going to use to fill our bucket back up with. So we get 10 years down the road. It was actually about nine for this guy, uh, but he had already done the tax check. And so he's he's funded $2 million into this whole life contract over the span of 10 years. At the end of 10 years, he's got an outstanding loan balance of about $2.5 million but his cash value is also about two and a half million. So the interest he's paid on the loan to the life insurance company is basically canceled out by the gain he's already earned on the funds he's deposited. So when he sells his business, he takes two and a half million dollars of those proceeds from the seven to eight million dollar sale. It immediately deposits back into the whole life contract. Well, all he did in that 10 year window was use the same $200,000 a year that was going to Uncle Sam anyway add one step in the process. He's created an eight-figure legacy from his family for his family. He's got two and a half million dollars in a tax shelter, heavily protected from creditors, at least in the state of Alabama it is, state specific. Uh, and that two and a half million dollars is now going to earn net four percent tax-free for the rest of his life. Well, for somebody like him in the tax bracket he's in, that's like having a guaranteed savings account that's completely liquid that's paying him, you know, in the seven, seven and a half percent every single year, never, never a year less than that. Wow, Brad. So I'm pretty just, I think this is unreal. Just thinking about that's just such a big way of thinking. So I guess I'm wondering, is there, what could this guy done differently or what, what could have been um, another solution or, or something else that could have happened that this guy could have done differently? Yeah. So great question. So, you know, as we moved down the road with this particular guy, you know, he 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 saw the value in that like anybody would. You know, he sees his wealth growing. He sees this legacy and he's like, you know, my cash flow hadn't changed by a penny. I'm, I'm still just writing these same checks I was going to write to Uncle Sam. There's just one step added in the process. And so uh, we started talking about um, what other checks were he writing uh, that we could add a step in the process and create value for him over his lifetime. So two quick examples, and this we can dig into this in another episode, but uh, basically the, the two glaring examples in his business was uh, he had a, a, a company he was leasing forklifts from, and then he was also using a payroll company. All we did was take the same cash flows. He created his own leasing company, loaned the money to the leasing company to buy the forklifts, and then his business did uh, his business did business with his own leasing company. So the profit that the leasing company was making originally on him, he now kept at home. Uh, and then we did the same thing with the payroll company. He started his own payroll company, picked up all that extra profit. So we just redirected uh, profits of two other businesses that he was already doing businesses, business with back into his pocket by using infinite banking. His cash flow didn't change by one penny, but his net worth just went up by definition. 
and we gain control over cash flow. And guess what? You know, if he needs to skip a lease payment because it was a slow cash flow month, guess who controls a leasing company? He does. So he gets to make the call if it's okay for his other company to skip the lease payment or not if cash flow uh, depreciates. So uh, he got he's got um, more freedom. One of our, my mentors says, you know, uh, money money gives you freedom. Freedom gives you choices, right? And so he's got more freedom. He's got more choices. He's got more control. Ultimately, he's got more money because we just took profits of others and captured it in his own profit without in his own pocket without changing his cash flow. So it sounds to me at the end of the day, uh, infinite banking or the solutions that you're talking about, they, they end up not having to do any, uh, the business owner doesn't have to actually do anything different. They just have to redirect that cash flow or maybe have one more step like you mentioned. So um, for all you guys that are listening out there, again, whether you're um, somebody that's just learning about infinite banking, somebody that's been doing it for years, or someone that maybe is in the same exact shoes as what Brad just described, I would encourage you guys to reach out to us and book a call because, um, uh, again, this is not just a, a one all shoe fits all, but every so every situation out there requires a unique solution, and I believe that a guy like Brad Lowe, other guys in our office here, uh, can provide a solution to whatever situation that you're in. And so, um, I will. I want Brad to say one more thing here, just on what's going to come up on in the next few episodes, on just diving more deeply into uh, talking uh, uh, about business owners and using uh, different solutions for C corps and, and LLC and things like that. But um, if you're somebody out there that's listening and interested and and seeing if this is for you, I would encourage you to click the link in this bio and schedule a call uh, because uh, I I hope that it it doesn't do anything. You're not going to do anything different in your business cash flow wise, but you have an opportunity to really enhance what you're doing. But Brad, give us just a little glimpse into kind of what we're going to talk about in the next few episodes. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to touch on that one thing you said too there about... um, you know, not wanting business owners to do anything different, you know, and really, uh, to the contrary, you and I both believe, and I think it's absolutely true, uh, business owners should invest in themselves. A business owner owns whatever business and whatever industry he's in because he knows and understands that better than any other thing, uh, basically in his world that, that can create cash flow. So that just means he can't create a greater rate of return anywhere else. Everything that we do is how can we take cash flow that you're already doing, that you already have, and create more cash flow and more opportunity to reinvest back in that business and, and expand that pool of capital. And so, but to your point, um, uh, one last thing that, that we'll mention, hopefully in an upcoming episode, we'll talk about um, a strategy called loan-based split dollar, where business owners can, uh, you know, they want to take care of their key employees. And I know, uh, you know, in, in good employees, good people are hard to find these days. Uh, but one of the caveats to that a lot of times with business owner is, you know, if you're going to bonus a key employee to keep him around, put some golden handcuffs there, uh, one of the drawbacks to that is that's money leaving the business, which right then diminishes the value of the business. Well, if we use a strategy called loan-based split dollar, um, that asset, that stay, that lo- we, we do it as a loan to the employee instead of a bonus. And so that stays on the books of the business as an asset, as a receivable so even though you get to bonus that key person, key employee, keep them around, you're not diminishing the value of your business. It's staying on your books as an asset. So uh, we'll dive more into that in another episode. Awesome. Again, thanks, Brad, so much for coming in, man. And uh, looking forward to seeing you guys again. Book a call in, in the bio this, of this episode, and uh, we're looking forward to see you on the next time. Thanks, Brad.